When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about 1989's The Fly 2 is picked by me for reasons that are mostly just the last 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, but this week we are joined by a good friend of the show. He joined us for the Clint Howard classic, The Ice Cream Man, many, many years ago. And he's back. Chris Fafios of the band Punchline. And also the host of the One Hit Thunder podcast that debuts this week. Woo! Yay! <laughs> We're gonna have to make sure that we put in like uh, clapping and you know like the the it's all edited in there. It's perfect. So Chris, tell us a little bit about One Hit Thunder. Uh, it's exciting because I get to talk about music with a lot of cool people, and that is one of my favorite things to talk about. I mean, I really like talking about movies like The Fly and Ice Cream Man, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, music is kind of my thing, uh, that I like a whole lot. So it's been pretty cool making this new podcast. And the first episode is going to be with your wife and you're talking about Aqua Barbie girl. Yes. It was the most painful to, uh, research. <laughs> um, I, I imagine it was the, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it was probably the, I, the ice cream man of one hit wonders. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, well, why don't you explain the way that the show is set up? Uh, basically, we research Matt, who produces the show, sends us a playlist of the artist's other music so we can dive in and decide whether the artist is truly a what we call one hit thunder, meaning 
you know, they're pretty awesome. Or if it was a one hit blunder and it was just a some stroke of luck uh, that they became <laughs> huge or if they deserved uh, what they got, you know, because we have artists like Aqua that I'm not so sure. Uh, maybe in, I don't know, where were they from? Sweden? Yeah, <laughs> they ever, were huge in Sweden. Yeah, or, or, or Denmark, something like or, that. Yeah. So maybe they did, maybe did they did pay their dues and earn, earn what they got. I don't know. but I, Or there's artists like we did an episode about Super Drag, who they're an amazing, uh, long-lasting band who just happened to have one song that got bigger than the rest, but they're actually like a, a long-time awesome band who I was already a fan of. So, you know, we kind of get all over the place. I'm sure that we will really run the gamut over the course of this podcast of people that paid their dues and deserved it and did have one breakout hit or uh, just, I don't know, you have the right said Freds of the world, and things like that, I'm sure. <laughs> do you do you um, ever find out who actually sucked out the feeling or is that forever? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, you're going to have to listen. Uh, we dive in. We dive into that one. I mean, we even tackle some controversial ones. Matt from the band Cassettes picked Rick Springfield, who is decidedly not a one-hit wonder. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> true. But one one mega hit he did have. But then he he's got a, a legion of fans, and I was already a Rick Springfield fan going into it. Not as big a fan as Matt was uh, when we did the episode. But yeah, Rick Springfield rules, man. You know what's so funny is I actually saw Rick Springfield, and I was like the youngest man. Well, I was I was like the only person in the audience who wasn't like a cougar (laughs) i mean yeah i mean the dude is sexy and he is also he just writes what i i I compared his songs to like what if you were explaining to someone who never heard music before what rock and roll was this is rock and roll (laughs) and it's just it's straightforward but really catchy and has every part of every song is just a hook after hook after hook and the dude's like 70 and looks like he's 30 and he's just thanks botox yeah he's just just awesome he's just awesome all around the fly too which uh the, the so here's something that's interesting right out the gate the director of this movie i actually don't remember his name but he was a special effects artist, so he did the special effects and he directed the movie, but he turned down Gremlins 2 to Ooh, do Fly 2 no. because well, because they were only asking him to do special effects for Gremlins 2, but this was his first attempt at directing, and I think it was his last attempt at directing as well. Uh, but, you know, he got that credit under his belt, which is huge. Uh, but obviously, no one wanted to come back for this movie from the original. You've got a fake-ass Gina Davis kicking off the movie. Yep. Uh, just showing up so she can die right in the beginning of the movie uh, and give birth to Eric Stoltz, who has like a Jack disease, basically. Yeah. Hey, guys, can I get a joke out of the way so we can just move on and I, it can stop buzzing around in my brain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. That's not the joke. Uh, <clears throat> so Eric Stoltz was the original casting for Back to the Future. So and and his character's name in this is Martin Brundle. So this is Martin Brundle McFly. <laughs> oh my god. It's Man. stupider when I say it out loud. Dude, I'm leaving the whole build up where you're like, I, I gotta tell this one. I gotta get this, I gotta get this joke off my chest. It was so bad, but I just couldn't stop. Can I ask something? I, when I watch this, like Eric Stoltz, and then what's the actress's Daphne Zuniga? Is that Princess what Vespa? Yeah, Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. Oh my god! Oh, oh, okay. Because both of them, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, I know these people from something, but I have no idea what from. Well, <laughs> so, Eric Stoltz was uh, the was Mask. 
Uh, oh, not, okay. not oh yeah. The mask, <laughs> uh, so, so fun fact about Princess Vespa getting cast in this movie is that Mel Brooks was one of the producers and he vouched for her because she didn't have a lot of credentials and they were looking for a bigger name. And he's like, no, I just worked with this girl on Spaceballs. She's amazing. You should cast her as the romantic lead. And they're like, whatever you say, Mr. Brooks. And then what a weird time. Defense, she's not the downfall of this movie. <laughs> no. no, the movie is the downfall of this exactly. movie. <laughs> and I, I don't know. There's, there's this weird thing where like they're doing this thing where Martin ages rapidly because I, I guess the fly DNA aspect of it. But like, it seems like just a quick way for us to try to try to make us forget that he's supposed to be six years old throughout the entire movie because he just acts like a fully formed adult the entire time. And I feel like he should be a little bit more like Jack, where like he looks like a grown man, but he's just like, oh, gee, Willikers and like jumping on beds and stuff like that. But this he's, isn't he's, big. All right. The guy, yeah. the five year old is better at sex than I am. And I don't like <laughs> yeah. And he didn't even apologize once. <laughs> I also wrote down a line Jeff Goldblum will agree to be in anything until I found out that these were just deleted scenes from the first fly that they just were like got the okay from him to like just put into the movie because I was like man Jeff Goldblum will literally just say yes to any movie won't he the other fact that I learned about this movie that's crazy is that Sam Raimi was originally hired to direct it but they fired him because he was trying to make the movie too wacky, which is exactly what this movie needed. Like, <laughs> this movie needed wackiness. Mm-hmm. You guys will see next week. We have a movie that did it right. They made it super <laughs> wacky. Was this worse or better for you than uh, Ice Cream Man, Chris? Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys, it sounds like you guys are coming down hard on Fly 2, but I'm going to be honest. I didn't think Fly 2 was that bad because, yeah, first of all, my fir- my first appearance on horror movie night was Ice Cream Man, which was just <laughs> just the worst. But also, I when Matt came out here and we were filming episodes of One Hit Thunder, we watched some riff tracks, and so I kind of fell into the riff tracks world and mystery science world for a while. So I'm really recently been watching like the worst of the worst <laughs> movies. So it really on a scale, like it, it, it fly to fly two's definitely a step up. And I feel like every time you guys have me on, eventually we're going to be watching like the exorcist or something. Or uh, <laughs> uh, I promise you that's not ever happening. <laughs> I noticed that you guys didn't do midsummer yet, which is my favorite, my favorite movie of the year. So, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can do that one or something. You guys, no, you guys I, just... I think you're grossly underestimating what we do on this show. <laughs> that we don't do good movies. We just right. get we get joy out of mediocre films. Well, you did. Her- but, you, oh, I also listened to you guys did Hereditary. Oh, the, yeah, those are in theaters now. That's yeah. a whole different thing. Those yeah. don't but count. Those don't count as movies. Um, so, <laughs> so I will say that, like, one of the reasons why I picked The Fly Two is that I don't think it's a good movie, but I think. For a long time, this was like on the lists of like worst horror sequels of all time. And I really don't think it's that bad. No, like, it isn't that bad, man. Like, I, I, it, it wasn't good, but geez, it wasn't that bad. I imagine and I imagine Fangoria magazine had a, had a good time uh, featuring this movie. It was gross. Yeah, <laughs> so this they, is a pretty gross movie. So they actually this was the other big thing that I learned while doing some research on like the trivia is that towards the end of the movie, there's a head smash in the elevator that got this movie an X rating. And the compromise that they came up with was that they could keep it in there, but that that theaters had to have emergency personnel on standby in case anyone 
uh, reacted negatively to the head explosion. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, they had a face melting. <laughs> Dude, the face melting is fantastic. Yeah, it's it, good. And it's like its its jaw is still going, and he's still breathing, which is horrifying. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I love the look of the fly in this. I think it's a cooler-looking fly than the Cronenberg one. I know that's crazy to say. No, like, I agree. Like I like the weird, like, it's got, like, a humanish face going on, which I, I think is really, really gnarly. Like, I, I think that the last 15 minutes of this movie really makes the movie for me because it is a very slow buildup to it. But we do get some really fucked up stuff happening with a dog that is worth talking about. Um, that dog puppet is like so effectively depressing to look at. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, man, it does a really good job of just making you real. Like it puts the hate that you need to have for the head scientist in there very quickly. Yeah. Bartok is goddamn like I knew. Uh, so this was the first. Well, I, I'm assuming this is the first watch for all of us, except for you, Matt, right? Probably. Yeah. Brian. No, I never saw this. Okay. Yeah, this was my first time watching it as well. Um and I was I thought that I was ready for the dog scene. I wasn't ready for the dog scene. Well, it was a scene where you it was putting the dog out of its misery so they didn't have to have it whimper and cry the entire time. That really made it worse. I, yeah. I think that's the whole point though. I mean, that's what's so funny is we're like, we can watch people get murdered and decapitated and we laugh with glee. But then if one dog, if the hair of one dog's skull is not, you know, is out of place, we're like, fuck this movie. It's I the worst. That's why uh, I hate this movie. And and I there's like a three second max for me. That was a good two minutes there, man. Exactly. It's like, all right, dog, ah, dog's dead. Okay. All right. We're moving on. But it's like, hey, you see this dog? Watch it. Are you watching? Are you watching? He's dying. You're still watching? You're still with us? The dog's still dying. It's just mean. I don't like it. There's plenty of children you could kill. <laughs> An abundance of them. <laughs> Jeez, I don't even know how to bounce from that. Uh, but yeah, like, it's just this. the special. It definitely is a movie that screams directed by a guy who did special effects. Like, yeah. and, and he did, like, I was looking at some of his other credentials of like what he had done previously. And he did like some special effects for the movie Naked Lunch. Um, oh, nice. Hot Shots. Part <laughs> uh, two? Yeah. Uh, no, just the original. Uh, he designed he designed the creature for Curse 3 Blood Sacrifice, which was like the only highlight of that movie. He did. I, how spider- pissed do you think he was when they used it for like 20 seconds. seconds? He created the gremlins. He created uh, the spiders for arachnophobia. He was part of the creature <sighs> design for Return of the Jedi. Wow. So like, oh, his his first couple movies were Piranha Up from the Depths and Humanoids from the Deep. So, oh, man, my dude. Ooh, this is the weirdest credit I've seen in a while. In the movie Dragon Slayer, he's credited for <gasps> the cl- for the close up of the dragon effect. Dude, <laughs> so not hell the yeah. full dragon, just the close up of it. Dude, do you know how much I love uh, Dragon Slayer? No, because oh I've never God. heard you talk about it. <laughs> well, it does. It doesn't really come up like with horror movie night, but man, Dragon Slayer is one of my favorites from the eighties. I would love to dig into his uh, biography and see what he did for Return of the Jedi because that is my favorite Star Wars movie. I'm I'm gonna assume Rancor. I think that oh my probably, god that's my guess yeah like the other effects that he did it just feels like that fits yeah his like style but his he's really big on like crazy mandibles which is definitely the rancor <laughs> well and that's what i was gonna say like the the way that the fly's mouth is in general 
is fucking gnarly. It's very like predator esque in the way it's. Oh, mounted. because it's, it, it breaks in the middle. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just wish this is the longest fly movie ever made, and it definitely oh, yeah. could use like twenty minutes trimmed out of it, like real easy. Like I don't think I needed to go through the entire journey of Martin and like in this lab. Like I feel like you could speed up pieces of this and i'm sure knowing the way that you watch movies scott that you did i did not well <laughs> i, I didn't because this thing was in speed this whole thing <laughs> ran so fast no well so we watched this on a weirdo some website i don't even remember what it was well, and the first website went down because i yeah. which i found out from you know i from sent chris. the link to chris and chris was like yo that link don't work no more. yeah by, like, by the way how many viruses did i get on my computer <laughs> watching this movie <laughs> It was like pop up after pop up after pop up. Every time I paused it, there was something popped up. It's like okay, whatever. I'll just go with. We it. don't normally do it like that. This was definitely because we picked something that Matt picked. Blame Matt. Matt picked something that was just a little bit difficult to find on any streaming so, site. So here's the thing that happened: <laughs> is this is kind of a slight promotional tie-in. Scream Factory, my favorite DVD company. Uh, just put out a giant box set of all five Fly movies. There's five uh, of these? So it's the original, the, it's the 50s ones and the 80s ones in one oh, box okay. set. So it's like the Vincent Price Fly movies, those three, and then the the Cronenberg and this one. Gotcha. So I think as soon as that Blu-ray set came out, like a week ago, they just combed through the internet to make sure that they uh, pulled down as much of it as they could. I love you, Scream Factory, but that was cold shit. <laughs> You want to see the fly too? You better pay. <laughs> I think I think Scream or Shout Factory has like their own streaming service now to everyone. Oh so shit! Because they own all of the Mystery Science Theater three thousand stuff, mm. so they uh, have kept alive the Sci-Fi Network's like Thanksgiving marathon, where if you're on the Shout Factory streaming service, they just stream random episodes of Mystery Science Theater three thousand from midnight to midnight on Thanksgiving. Oh. So tip there for any uh mstk3 fans <laughs> it, it takes you longer to abbreviate it than it doesn't just say it just say it yeah yeah, yeah. mr fans. can we talk about one thing here uh in the middle of this movie they go and they see the guy from the first one who uh brundlefly spit up on and took yeah his the foot. only the only actor so so this was the other weird fact he only agreed to do this scene if he could ha add some nuance to the character and his idea of adding nuance is that he came up with the line, don't sit in that chair. That? <laughs> that's that's all it took to get him to agree to be in the movie, I guess. Weird, because what I thought you were going to say was he came up with the line, he destroyed my hand and foot with bug vomit. He bugged me. <laughs> I hated that. That pissed me off. <laughs> I love that you have such a visceral reaction to this film. <laughs> I'm glad it's your brother's pick, not not my pick, because I just can't stand it when when Brian doesn't like my picks or doesn't fucking watch them. That was one time. And just so Chris knows, I love really bad movies and really good movies. So when I'm negative, it's not like I think this is the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just too average for me yeah, to enjoy. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I You know, I... Matt kind of answered my question. One of the things that I wanted to ask is why it seemed like, you know, the special effects are pretty elaborate and gross. And it, but but it was like they spent all the time on the special effects, but no time on the script or the dialogue or or, the, you know, it's just that 
so average. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't like so bad that it was good. And it, it was just whatever. But I wanted, there was a character I wanted to talk about to you guys who I just want to know his story of why he's so, he's so angry is the guard who's just yeah. an asshole the whole time. The guy who's like, oh, I see you got a little fucking girlfriend, huh? Oh, she got, <laughs> she got it. She got a nice ass. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why? Why? Why are you such an asshole? Like, what is your backstory? I would love the the fly backstory on this guy. Why he's so mad? I hate to break it to you, Chris, but um, there is none because they didn't write one. <laughs> right, right. It's just it's just the most one dimensional characters imaginable. They just needed a bad guy. So um, that guy's great though because his death was really satisfying for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved I loved watching him die. Um. I didn't love watching a dog die, but I loved watching him die. But the uh, the thing I got to admit about this movie is that the pacing. So I didn't Scott Roger it. I watched it at one X the whole time. And that was completely due to the fact that the website made it impossible to fast forward. But <laughs> the pacing was slow, but I didn't hate the pacing. I wouldn't rewatch this movie at one X. I'd probably just skip through for the gore parts. But I mean, Eric Stoltz is not a bad actor. Do you want to know who almost had that role, though? Because there's three people that were in the running that are I all would have been wildly different movies. Michael J. Fox? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Never again for him. No. Um, Keanu Reeves Whoa. was up for it. Josh Brolin. Whoa. And, and in a competitor for my favorite pointless trivia I've ever seen on IMDb, Vincent D'Onofrio. This is, this is exactly how it's worded on the trivia. Vincent D'Onofrio was the first choice for the role of Martin Brundle uh, and was nearly cast for the part, but his screen testing didn't go well. He was born the same year that Return of the Fly was released, and he has the same first name as Vincent Price, who appeared in The Fly. <laughs> 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 who, who wrote that shit was probably like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to get so much internet karma for this. Man, the, Eric Stoltz can, can feel pretty good about the fact that he was the fourth choice behind those, <laughs> behind those three guys Jeez. Man, I, Eric, poor Eric Stoltz like I just dude got sh- shit from from Hollywood man well uh, to be fair he also apparently got so into character that would only he would only respond to the name Martin on and off set uh, so you started doing method acting for fucking fly too. Wow. Is, like, I respect that actually <laughs> I do too I don't hate it no. I also like this piece of trivia that just says David Cronenberg disliked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> How pissed do you think David Cronenberg was that they were like, we're going to do a sequel to your movie. You're not invited. Yeah. He goes, you mean the movie that I made that's kind of like a, a weird uh, metaphor for drug addiction and or HIV? And they're like, yeah, but this time it's just a weird kid. How you like that? That's Hollywood. <laughs> We found the drug stuff was too depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so we killed a dog. <laughs> no, no. The, the, this is the thing. I'm a sucker for the a part of this movie. And it's the part where the hideous monster man isn't deserved by his hot brunette girlfriend. I don't yeah. know why, guys. Like, I, I truly, I've searched the, <laughs> the, the darkest corners of my soul. And I don't know why such a thing would be uh, such a, an important. To you. <laughs> yeah, I really I mean, definitely, definitely has no bearing on my real life or anything like that. I, I like that um, 
they do something that you almost never see in a horror movie like this, but like it kind of has a happy ending. Like the ending yeah. is fucking wild. I almost he, feel bad for Bartok when he Bartok fly because dude. he's just like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like um, the dude in RoboCop when the acid spills <laughs> on him. Like it's it's a bet, but like. It's apparently there was another ending shot, but everyone said it was too hokey, so they added in the bar talk ending. The original ending was just that they're having dinner, and she's like, "Hey, you feel normal?" And he's like, "Yeah, I feel normal, finally." And then like a fly is just like flying near his plate, and I was like, "Yeah, that sucks. That's a terrible ending. Show me bar talk chained up in a in a pit. Like that's who, a much more satisfying ending." <laughs> who thought that you know? Yeah, the the mutant bar talk crawling out. And then a fly landing, and then zooming. That's in on not the clever. Fly. Was who yeah. thought? Who thought that was clever? Who thought? Like, oh man, I got it. I a got special the final effects shot. artist. That's who. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that whole ending. I, I think it's just that I like that he's this hideous mutant fly, but like he's still definitely Martin in there. Like like because he pets the dog. Yeah, like he's he's retained all of his like normal humanity. He's just a mutant. And he's going to kill everybody that's wronged him. But he's like, like, it's very like, there's no one who dies during that massacre where it's not like a justifiable, like, yeah, it makes sense why Martin would kill that one. Like, he's not just like killing anybody. No, no, I agree. And the best part about that when, when he, uh, when Brundlefly 2 is uh, walking around stalking people is that that dog, <laughs> they have this monstrous Doberman pincher, right? That's Doberman. Yeah, or it's like some sort of Doberman lab mix. It's like a guard dog, you know. You can tell that that little puppo had no desire to be pet by a prosthetic (laughs) bug arm. (laughs) Steady. steady. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like I said, the movie's fine. It could definitely be shorter because it's all about the last fifteen minutes. Like it is is all about like. I'm going to show off all of the gnarly gore that I've been saving. But I, I don't hate it. I like The Fly 2. I, I definitely don't think it's the best Fly movie, but it's definitely not like the worst sequel of all time. Like I constantly see it put on lists as, which is, again, why I picked it. Yeah. And also, I mean, who the fuck is putting, who the fuck is making those lists? Because like... If it's critics, fuck critics. We hate critics on this show because it's usually any clickbaity website around Halloween um, time. Yeah. <laughs> but... Oh man, can I tell you guys a real quick aside about at the end of of the year? I always go back through. I try. I read a bunch of lists like that shit to try and find out if there are any horror movies that kind of flew under the radar that I need to check out. And I was reading one. And it was like, here are some horror movies that you might have missed in 2019. And none of them were horror movies. They're all like <laughs> dramas. That, speaking of that, I actually, one thing I was going to bring up to you guys is this is kind of not a horror. It's more, isn't this more of a sci-fi movie? Yeah, this yeah. Is, sci-fi is acceptable on here when there's like head explosions. Right. Shit. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not worried. Like I, I feel like with horror movies, a lot of times I, what, makes them horror to to me this is just me talking about myself but is that oh shit that could happen to me that could that but i don't think that i'm gonna <laughs> you don't get, think you're gonna turn into yeah, a fly i don't i don't and i don't think i'm gonna be around anyone who's being turned into a fly and i don't think i'm gonna like you were saying no one died unjustifiably minus the dog in this movie so i'm also not gonna 
fuck with somebody who got turned into a fly or be an <laughs> asshole. I'll probably be really nice to them because obviously if you're, uh, you're nice, nice to, them, to everybody. So that doesn't <laughs> even count. <laughs> well, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> no, you're the, one of the nicest guys in rock music. Oh. Uh, so. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Let's dive into our double features. Uh Chris, you're our guest. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand my pick first over to you. What is your double feature with the fly two? I mean, we're going straight gore, and okay, no one could say the fly, right? Because yeah, yeah, for, no. first you can of say all, whatever the hell you want. Well, first of all, but, if you if you watch the fly and then you watch this, your your night's just gonna get progressively worse. So you can't yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't do that. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know if this is like a stock answer among you guys, but like dead alive. Uh, if, I, if if we're going gore, right? That's, I mean, that's a solid choice. That's it's got more humor too, so right. that's better. <laughs> it's way more wild. That that's less wild than my pick, which is <laughs> that I, at some point in the last like five minutes of this movie, was like, I kind of want to watch Jurassic Park. And you know what it is? It's the fucking um, the flies feet when yes. they, they have this scene where it's just the feet walking, which uh, of course the. Special effects geek in me was like, okay, how did they do that? Did yeah. was there somebody wearing those, or was that like them just like clomping them down? But it looked like the Velociraptor was walking. Yeah, there's just like random moments where I'm like, this reminds me of Jurassic Park. And then he's like looking in the vents, and I'm like, oh man, that scene where they're hiding in the vents from the Velociraptors is fucking dope. Oh, like, and also, you know, Jeff Goblin's and yeah, Jurassic and Jeff Goblin. Yeah, there we go. so I'm gonna go with the Jurassic Park is the follow up to the Fly too. Nice. Uh, all right, Scott or Brian? I'm going to let Brian go first because I don't know if if he's going to pick this. I am going to do a Scott favorite, The Kindred. Ooh! I think The Kindred would save the night 100%. Hell yeah. That, that is awesome because my uh, double feature is a, a Brian Kelly favorite, uh, Extro. Oh, got the poster right next to me. Christmas <laughs> present from old Matt. Scott, you'll know the answer to this more than I will. But the other thing that I was thinking about maybe picking was Spawn. <laughs> because the fly reminds me of the one giant monster that Spawn Oh, the Malbolgia. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> wow, is that what you were asking? If I knew the name of the creature? Yeah, and you, you stepped up with your geekiness and proved me right. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Like... I got to tell you, I was talking to someone the other day and just kind of letting my nerd flag fly. No big deal. Wasn't thinking too much about it. And they called me out and I'm like, listen, you're named after a comic book character. Fuck off. What have you guys been watching that you want to give a little bit of a, uh, hey, check it out to? Again, Chris, we'll let you go first. 
or mm. listening to whatever you feel like. I sit by myself on the couch, and this is such a dumb answer to this, but I, the one thing that makes me laugh out loud when I'm sitting by myself is watching Billy on the street. Do you guys ever watch oh, Billy on the street? Dude, my, like, my fiance wouldn't watch it with me. She laughed for five minutes like, this is old now, and I have binge watched it. I find it so entertaining. <laughs> dude, I don't know. I just, something about it. Yeah, and, and some people, like I was watching with friends last night. I have one friend who doesn't think it's that funny, and I'm like, this is so funny. Yeah. I don't know. Just seeing people's reaction to, for a dollar, running up to people, just, just for a dollar. Uh, oh, well, he said something <laughs> so funny last night. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I picked Billy on the street. And Brian, side note, I almost forgot to mention this. Chris, when I hung out with Chris, was telling me all about how he loves I Think You Should Leave. And all I could do is think of you as the person who also I know loves that show. Oh, man, it is the funniest sketch show that we have had in well over a decade. It gets funnier every time you watch it. Dude, every time. I think I've watched it like four times. And the, the skit that went under the radar for me the first time. And I think it might be the funniest skit is when they're in the record studio. That's the recording the song. Yeah, <laughs> man. He showed me. He's like, you got to watch this. This is the greatest skit the of all bones are their money. Yeah. I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I think that might be the funniest skit of all time. Like that is, that is just, that it checks every box for me. It's yeah. like recording humor. And then I, like, I just, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever laughed harder than the first time I watched that. that yeah. Was, and uh, the great, it has the greatest line, which is, we really liked what Bill was singing. Bill me or Bill him? Is your name Bill too? No, that's why I'm so that's fucking so confused. Fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. amazing. Uh, <laughs> so for me, I'm going to go, we're going to go in a completely different direction. Uh, I had a little, um, like, in theaters now, true story double feature uh, and checked out both Bombshell and Richard Jewell. Uh, I think Bombshell is a better made movie. I think Richard Jewell is a better acted movie. Uh, but both are definitely good, but both could probably also wait until they're available online somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed but didn't love both. He actually just reminded me of one because I didn't know what to bring up uh, because I was late to the party with Ready or Not. Uh, we already talked about Mandalorian. But I was surprised Jade really on Christmas night, she's been wanting to watch Good Boys and like it looked eh, to me, but, yeah. but we ended up running it and uh, I enjoyed it. I, w- I was shocked at how I, I, I don't know if Matt saw it, but I could see Matt getting emotional towards the end. I, and uh, I, I liked it. I think that the trailer really fucked up the movie a lot because they just. Like I, when you go to the movies as much as I do, you see the same trailer a lot, uh-huh. and it was just one of those like, man, they showed way too much of the the end of this movie in those trailers. Yeah, <laughs> like, but because I think the reason that I loved it was Will Forte's plays the one kid's dad, and yeah. <laughs> he can do no wrong in my eyes. Like he could be in a he can be in a bad movie, but whatever he's doing will make me laugh. Even he's like so awesome. Yeah, he is so awesome. Like, there's that one movie that's a big flop, and, like, I don't go back to watch it, but I still, he still entertained me. It was, uh, what the hell was it, where they where they try to have a baby? Oh, movie. Brother Solomon. Brother Solomon. Like, that movie is hated, and I was entertained just because I love the two of them. They both can't yeah. do wrong in my eyes. 
Yeah, Will Arnett and Will Forte, uh, yeah. uh, twin brothers. <laughs> 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 All right, Scott, take us home. We rewatched Bohemian Rhapsody, Ugh. and just mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I love it so much. It, I, you know, Rocket Man is a better movie, but I think that Bohemian Rhapsody is more for me because it just makes you want to listen to queen like as soon as it's over you're like i just want to listen to more queen in my life right now <laughs> yeah I actually as we were watching it because like we bought it um when it first came out on streaming or whatever and um we were, we were re-watching it the other day and i i turned to megan and i go so what do, what queen records are we missing like actual records because <laughs> we, we we don't collect like a whole lot of pop music we we have like a lot of weird stuff and I have all my horror vinyl but um, I was like what are we missing and so we made a list and we we're like okay well that's what we have to buy now so uh, we're gonna <laughs> have to do a little, a little shopping uh, to find some copies of that stuff but we have all but three I think I mean in, maybe four but it's like three of the, the last three records I was gonna say it's probably the later stuff that doesn't isn't as like heavy with the hits as yeah like- exactly because like those 70s and 80s records, like primo. And they're also really easy to find at estate sales. So that's a lot of times <laughs> where we find them. But yeah, finding the later shit, people weren't really buying, the people buying CDs, you know, but we need to have every, we need to be completists for this at least. But um, that, so that was really great. And I wanted to mention that uh, my family does know me pretty well because um, for Christmas, Megan got me a book called Hex Life which is all short stories about witches and witchcraft. <laughs> and then my sister and her significant other um, got me a book on demonology Ooh. and another book called The Devil's Plants, which is about <laughs> like, uh, well, the demonology is a Christian treatise on demons from like the 1500s that's been reprinted. And then The Devil's Plants is about plants that were thought to be evil in the middle ages so yeah people know me pretty fucking well um (laughs) which just a little side note for 2020 um i have my musical plans and one of them that i really want my stretch goal is to do another fake horror movie soundtrack but it's going to be about witches all right Well, earlier you talked about Queen, a band that decidedly will never be on One Hit Thunder. So thank you so much, Chris, for joining us on this week's episode of Horror Movie Night, uh, talking about The Fly 2 from 1989. If you hop over to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcasting, you just can't get enough of Chris. We're going to have just a, I'm springing this on him right now. We're going to have just a quick, like, 10-minute conversation just about music with Chris and what brought him into to doing music and his ska phase and all of that other great ska jazz phase. Yeah. Uh, so tune into that. That's sitting on the Patreon as you're listening to this episode right now. And we'll be back next week with another movie from 1989 about science gone wrong, but with about a 10th of the budget. So, <laughs> so tune in. Network. 
What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 